Hey, Dwight. Yes, Scott? Want to join my monster club? Yes, I do. But you have to take the test first. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. What's, what's your first question? All right. So, how much do you know about monster movies? I know a bunch about monster movies. Okay, who played Dracula? Bela Lugosi. All right. And I'm assuming you're talking about in Dracula. Yes. Okay. And also, can you name all the uh, universal monsters? Yes. Uh, in order of coming out, you have Dracula, you have Frankenstein, you had the mummy, you had Wolfman, um... I guess technically you could have the Invisible Man. Uh, Gilman is at the end, so he doesn't like super count because he was never in any like the monster mashes. He was from the 50s, but he's technically considered one now. I think you also have the Bride of Frankenstein. And if you're going by Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review, Beetlejuice as well. And how do you kill a werewolf? How many ways? Uh, there's one way. No, far- there's two. Uh, Silver Bullet and... Monster Squad. Oh, you kill him with the Monster Squad. Fair enough. <laughs> we saw Monster Squad this week, guys, so it's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Tear me apart, Lisa! Fourteen! Great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Die with him! Because I'm Homer Simpson! Pizza, pizza, pizza! <laughs> Welcome to Rogers Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kerland. I'm Dwight Stearns. <laughs> Dwight, we watched what we were excited for before this uh, viewing started. Yeah, we totally watched Monster Squad. Um, so I guess we'll just start off with some history of the movie. Monster Squad is a 1987 movie um, directed by a guy. What was his name? Fred Decker. Fred Decker, who uh, also directed a movie called Night of the Creeps the year before. Um, and he's uh, he's worked with Shane Black a whole bunch. Like He co-wrote this movie with Shane Black. He's actually co-writing the new Predators movie yep, that I know. with Shane Black as well, which is awesome. Um, so you've got this guy who uh, likes classic monsters, apparently, because... Uh, Did he write Lethal Weapon? No, Shane Black wrote Lethal Weapon. By he, himself. I believe so. Okay. It might have been a... Frank Decker might have helped out with like the, the story. story. Yeah. Cause, well, because just the, the whole um, black cop, white cop partnership in this just seemed very similar. Yeah, you said that it was like a Shane Black trope quote-unquote, because it was this Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon, Last, Last Boy, Boy Scout. Scout, and then any other of his movies, or just um, those three? Not, I mean, I think in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, there is a duo, but it's not Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Oh, that's fair. Um, and then in Iron Man 3, you've got Iron Man and uh, Rhodey. Oh, yeah, totally. That's definitely, like... Yep. Shane Black is him. Yep. Uh... I, I was excited originally. Uh, like, okay, um, yeah. Because I saw this at like a midnight movie um, a few years ago at Coolidge. And it was fun. We all, Everyone had fun. And I think I, I enjoyed it more there because like everyone was yelling at the screen and making fun of it and throwing mm-hmm. popcorn. And Why would it, you throw popcorn? Popcorn's delicious. It, like it's, uh, it was um, not like throwing it. It was like pretending nah, to be yeah, scared yeah. and like, ah! I follow you. Yeah. See, okay, so was that your first time seeing the movie? No, I saw this movie when I was six years old or okay. five years old because Nickelodeon showed it. Really? Yep. Oh, this seems like a 
not Nickelodeon movie. They must have obviously this edited was, for TV. Oh, wait, no. I was four. This was 1990s Nickelodeon. Uh, was that different? Yes. Where they were more violent or something? They were I, more, I don't recall that type of stuff being on They were more raunchier was... because this was the time of like Ren and Stimpy oh, okay. and Roundhouse and uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark and mm-hmm. all of that Canadian broadcasting that they showed. <laughs> so yeah, because also Nickelodeon was one of like the producers. They did like a, a behind the scenes. Like their name isn't on it, but they... they had some like cash and advertising in this really because they oh, showed did it not know they showed like a behind the scenes on nickelodeon um, one of my friends told me because he was older than us and he remembers like watching hmm. that very cool see i did not see this movie when i was younger it wasn't until i was it it's kind of a part of like the um pop culture zeitgeist or like the nostalgia zeitgeist because people from our generation remember it very fondly because they saw it growing up i never did i saw it i watched it uh three to four years ago and i really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun the um i think it was just really cool seeing like the monsters up on screen all together again and it was I liked it at the time, but for some reason tonight when we watched it, it just, that spark wasn't there. I don't know if it's because I'd seen it already and it just wasn't, more of the flaws of the movie came out or, I don't know. I think it's like what Doug Walker said on Nostalgia Critic when they reviewed it. Mm Because like, he even talked about when they watched it the first time they loved it, then they watched it again and they were like, "Eh," and then they watched it again. I think it's like in every other viewing, (laughs) you like, like it or hate it. I can follow that, I guess. Like the way Tiffany feels about uh, the good place. Oh, she's actually coming around on that. She's that's she's, my point. Well, now she did. She did not like the first season at all, and she's finally starting to kind of enjoy the second season because the show is finding its legs. Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. Well, I watch it too, so like I I knew exactly what she was talking about when she pointed that out, and that's how I feel about this. Hmm. Uh, the people can't see, but I am pointing to the DVD, the Blu-ray, because. Every other time I watch it, I'm I'm either really excited or really depressed. Like like some of these things, some of the things in the movie depress me. I think oh, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's about. some like really this is clearly a movie for children, but there's some really just like dark undertones about not even undertones, overtones of like specifically one character is he, he has a backstory that is clearly a lot heavier than everything else in this movie. Well, you could, it, you could say that about two characters in this movie. I can Frank think of and, one. Frankenstein uh, also. Well, yeah, but Frankenstein doesn't have, like, a tragic backstory. Outside of, like, what we know of well, the Frankenstein um, monsters from the movies. When he realizes he's a monster. That, that was very depressing. That's very... Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Frankenstein definitely is the other emotional core of this movie, quote-unquote. Like, that's the equivalent of, like, someone realizing that they either have, like, an eating disorder or, like... a drug and alcohol problem or just like they're a jerk and they're like i never realized that saying this to people was was mean (laughs) but like yeah that sequence was i I think it was part it was things like that as to why i really liked this a lot the first time i saw it because it was just like oh my god you really feel bad for like the frankenstein monster and like you really feel almost bad for like the wolfman as well because you're like he's he's being like controlled by dracula in this movie yeah um yeah, but it just it it, yeah, it didn't hold up. I was I was very disappointed. Yeah, so 
at the beginning of the movie, the movie is about, um, I'm trying to count how many kids. There's five, technically six. Yeah. Because there's... Yes. There's, like, only, like, four main ones, yeah. but there's two others that just are there. There's Sean, there's Patrick, there's Fat Kid, who they call Fat Kid. Mm-hmm. His real name is Horace, but everyone calls him Fat Kid. And then there's the best character in the movie, yep. Rudy. Rudy yep. is awesome. And then there's Eugene, and then, uh, what was the little sister's name? Phoebe? I, I, don't, I think I, it's Phoebe. I didn't even remember any of those other names you were just talking about, so I'm I, not going to remember. I'm really bad with character names. I, I was just, I knew uh, Horace, Rudy, and Sean, but I had to remember that Patrick was the other kid. I looked mm-hmm. him up as we were as we were uh, watching the end mm-hmm. of the movie. I'm like, I'm not going to remember who that kid is. And, yeah, um, and the main character's little sister. Is Phoebe. is Phoebe. Yep. Oh, and then uh, um, Patrick's sister, who is clearly like 35 years old. Yeah, and she uh, I has, think... has nothing to do in this movie. Like, uh, yeah, that, that character also, but like... Do you think she was a Playboy Playmate? Because she looked like a Playboy Playmate. Probably eventually. Because she's um, always in her underwear and like... A good chunk of this. Well, movie. she's introduced by your by your seeing her change through a window. Like that's her introduction into the movie. Yeah, she's wearing a bra and a French bikini, like underwear. And that's literally all her character amounts to is she has. That I think is my my biggest issue with this movie is there is no character development for any of the people save the German man or scary German guy. Um, He's the only one. I would one say who, Rudy has character development i uh, i guess uh, he just wants to be i don't know why does he want to hang out with these kids i think he wants to be the protector but why we don't have any motivation like if you if we had like a backstory with like he had like a younger brother who he also takes care of and he sees that in these kids or like he's just a, a, a badass in a in a leather jacket who wants to be a part of the monster squad well when i first saw this i always i thought he was horace's brother because the way he protects fat kid i shouldn't call him horace yeah they call him fat kid they call him fat kid the way he protects fat kid Mm -hmm. i have always thought it was his brother and that's why i was like oh he's a protector because the scene at the beginning the movie opens up with um well it opens up in germany and like you know 1887 it's 100 years prior so it's yeah. 87 and, and abraham van helsing who looks like bill nighy from <laughs> from love actually and uh davy jones and the pirates movies he's he got right on him yeah he um he's he's trying to get a virgin girl who i'm sorry but that girl did not look like she was a girl nor a virgin. She would look like a female. Totally look like. Oh, you mean she was too no, old? No, yeah, she, okay, didn't, she, look, was, she, she was, didn't look like a young girl. She looked like she was like in her early twenties. Yeah. And in, I don't know that much about history, but if you're in a Middle Eastern country in the middle of in um a Middle European sorry, or in a, a European country in 1887, at that age you're married off or a spinster. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Either way, she wouldn't have been a virgin. And also, like, she's wearing a farm dress, but it looks like 
a dress that would be on like the cover of a Harlequin novel. <laughs> like oh, definitely. Yeah, like yeah. like like there's a slit Fa- down the the front. And... Yeah, and and Fabio is like shirtless with his long hair, like <laughs> yeah. holding her in a haystack. Don't worry, my darling. <laughs> like yeah. And a pirate ship's in the background for whatever reason. So they screw up. The world, in is it is it Germany that I... that ends like. They get sucked into a vortex because they couldn't protect. Yeah, so the so like they have her chanting this, reading this off the scroll. What she's reading off the scroll causes an amulet that is on a pedestal to open up a portal to the nether realm or the negative zone. Or yeah, because all I remember is that it it's supposed to do this, this, and this, but they blew it. Is what yeah. The, yeah, because that's what the opening credits said or title crawl, which was kind of cool. Um, so like they open. They open up this portal. All the people get sucked in, except for the monsters or Dracula. Dracula is the ultimate big bad in this movie. Um, and so then it cuts to a hundred years later, and we are now in present day, nineteen eighty-seven, and we meet our main characters. Sean and Patrick yeah. are in the principal's office. No, not even the principal. It's the vice principal. Oh, well, well that's typically the person who deals with discipline in yeah. schools. Yeah, and uh, I always want to know what the principal did. Because anytime he was the principal, Scott. Well, like I always thought that the principal like had to discipline. Like Seymour Skinner had to always discipline uh, Bart. The vice principal is the one who well, always my, did in my school. Yeah, me too. In my school, or maybe it was the deans that did it in my school. I don't. But I feel like in the high vice school, princi- yeah. But the vice principal yeah. in middle school. Okay, yes, that you're one hundred percent correct on that. So he's like, oh, you draw monsters, so you kids, you know. Well, they were drawing monsters during science class. Yeah. And he was like, monsters aren't real. Science is. And so the... Like... <sighs> he's so uh, creepy. He really was. Because he, he's like, you know what? I get it. You guys are cool. I'm cool, too. <laughs> he turns on a dime. Because he starts off, he's like, I'm very grumpy and very like mad at you guys and you your failures. And then he's like... Hey, it's me, your hip happening vice principal. I remember what it was like to be a kid. We're all oh, friends. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I believed in monsters back then, but monsters aren't real. It was really, he was really aggressive, <laughs> and it made me uncomfortable. No, it, yeah. And they insulted <laughs> their teacher. They said she looked like a cat. She did. She obviously they played that up because like she had her hair like done up like they looked like cats. But ears. it wasn't just the the hair. It was that face. It was those it was eyes. Like, it was really like kind of squinty and yeah, like, and her eyes were green. Like it was weird. But like so, I was saying this as we were watching the movie because this film feels like scenes have either been cut out or just I. It's it feels like a sloppy script, which is. Really disappointing to me because it's surprising for Shane Black. It is exactly because you have a couple of things that are clearly clearly set up at the beginning. Like you have them, eventually they get to the monster test and they start talking about Wolfman. How can you kill a Wolfman? And they they list all these other ways. And you eventually get to a period point in the film where those things happen, and then you see no, there's only the one way to kill it with the silver bullet, and that is a good introduction of a concept, and it paid off. I can't think of many other things that actually had that happen. Like, you introduce... Like, they make a big deal about the teacher early on, and you even see her later um, in a couple other, like, sequences. Mm -hmm. But she never shows up at the end. Like, there's nothing that's paid off with her. It's just a almost cheap joke like 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 as the battle's going on at the end she should have like a saucer of milk and just be looking at 
Yeah, like that would have been awesome. Or like um, the Wolfman sees her because she looks like a cat, and, and he looks like a dog, and, and she screams and runs away, runs up like, a tree. Yeah, like something like that would have been, you know, like a setup and a payoff. Because you even kind of get that with the bullies, even though they show up at the beginning and then they show up at the very end, and they're not in the rest of the movie at all. But it just felt. Like things were either cut or it was just really sloppy, and I think that was. My, I don't my think it was sloppy issue. because Shane Black is a perfectionist, and he always has been. He is, but this is one of his earlier movies, I imagine. This was eighty-seven, his, so I don't was, know what else okay. he had done around that time. He already did Lethal Weapon. What year was Lethal Weapon? Uh, I think Lethal Weapon was eighty-six or eighty-five. Because oh, wow. Lethal Weapon early. Two was eighty-nine. Um. What I think happened is because TriStar was trying to aim this at kids, and this was that time period of kids don't have an attention span. You know, that could actually make a lot of sense because um, I could see them, him turning in a script and then them, like, shredding it to pieces. Um, Lethal Weapon, Predator, and the Monster Squad all came out. Oh, he, he was just an actor in predator sorry oh, lethal weapon and original predator uh not according to this okay. he wasn't credited as it uh lethal weapon and monster squad both came out in 87 so he knows structure yeah he did at this point because i th- he must have been working previous to that because i think well. lethal weapon the first one got nominated for an oscar for best screenplay i wouldn't be surprised um so he knows structure so i don't think it's him i think he wrote I think, uh, I mean, before the podcast, we were talking about uh, the the TV show Mindhunter being a uh, long screenplay back in the early 2000s. And they, yeah, you they, were, yeah. Yeah, and they had to either cut it down or make it a TV series. I think that this was the same thing, that it was a huge screenplay. Like, it was probably a two-hour movie, and they're like, you guys need to cut 40 minutes because kids are well, They aren't... cut it down to 82. It was 82 minutes long. That's Cause insane. Because it, it felt like sketches and some of the stuff, like... They're like, we need to find a virgin, and then they cut to Rudy. Hey, Rudy, know any virgins? <laughs> and then cut away. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, that was like a like a. It was a throwaway. Forty forty five second shot or our cl- sequence. It yeah. was just weird. So hmm. after that, fat kids getting bullied by. Uh, we're back to plot. Round, yeah. Right. Yeah, we're gonna be tossing around. We're gonna be going off the rails because this one was bananas. So. Horace Fat Kid is being tortured by Dwayne from The Wonder Years, yep. Jason Harvey, and Adam Carl, who was Donatello in Ninja Turtles 2 uh, Secret of the Ooze. And this scene is uh, upsetting to me. Because okay. when I was in middle school, I was a chubby kid, and I did get bullied like this. Ah, I and, never got bullied to this extent. Because I was always waiting for like a Rudy to come on his bike and be like, "Hey, leave Scott alone. Thanks, you got it, fat kid. Oh, stop calling yeah, me that. Yeah, why did you call me that? Uh, well, this sequence serves as an introduction to obviously both Fat Kid and to Rudy, and all that it really accomplishes in my mind is make makes it. One hundred percent clear that Rudy is a badass and totally awesome, and he's older than everyone else. Because I was joking with you, I was like, "Hey, I gotta come pick up my kids." Yeah, because he looks like he's—he's he's a man. He's at least eighteen, and everyone else says they're twelve. So, yeah. eh. um, it's because like, so Fat Kid's being picked on by the bullies. They like, um, 
uh, make him drop his candy, his Snickers, step on it, uh, and then they start calling him very derogatory uh, slurs for homosexuals, and they push him over and start beating him up, and then Rudy shows up, and he like makes Dwayne eat his candy bar, and it's awesome because because it's it's like it's clearly a nerd's fantasy as to like what would happen if your you got to see your bullies get bullied right back. Yeah, and all I remember is Rudy, like I, this always stuck with me, and every time I see it, I love it. Rudy going, "You're being mean to my friend Horace." Oh, you guys aren't really friends. You just hate those other guys. It's, this goes back to how are they friends? Like they're, they're they're they don't establish this. He just comes up and says we're friends, and like, okay, if they if they knew he was friends, they wouldn't pick on him because they would know that Rudy or that fat kid was under Rudy's protection. They they could have fixed this with either adding one. Of the two following things. He's my brother. He's my cousin. Yeah. Or he could have been like the new kid and just like didn't like seeing this type of stuff. And been like, what are you doing to that kid? We don't do that. I'm the new kid. I'm going to teach you a lesson. Oh, man. Scott, I don't think smoking is good for anyone to do. But when Rudy does it, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Kids he, smoking cigarettes he made smoking constantly. Look cool. He really did. I was like, I get it. On the I way home, it. I'm going to go pick up a pack of Marlboros. <laughs> I, yeah, Joe Camel's awesome. There's so much product placement in this movie. Holy crap, and, right? Yeah, like, so, this movie is clearly sponsored by, like, the four following products. Marlboro cigarettes. Or were they Camel's? I don't know, I don't. I, I think I, it was I did, I did not catch what type of cigarettes they were. Snickers, Pepsi, and Burger King. Pepsi is the biggest one though because Burger King's pretty big too. Well Burger King you see the sign at the very end. At and... the beginning of the movie, his dad brings him a whopper and fries. Oh that's what that was? Yeah. See I did not recognize that's that, that packaging old, at all. That's the old Burger King. Uh, um, I did not recognize it. And I only know know that because when my mom uh was a guidance counselor, they got these free like from the Dare program, these free mm-hmm. vintage bags of no, that's pretty cool. Of Burger King, and in them was the Burger King magazine that they would give out. Cool. So they would be like, "Don't do drugs here," and you would think that you're getting like a kid's meal, and it's you get a book. Uh, you got a book and a was Kidvid was Kidvid on the oh, book you, at least? You know he Good. was. Kidvid was my favorite. I always liked wheels. That explains a lot. <laughs> I always liked helping the kid in the wheelchair. Oh, wheels! Wheels was cool. Kidvid was the best because he liked video games. I yeah. liked video games. Still do, but anyways. Um, so, so so Rudy or Fat Kid wants Rudy to join the Monster Squad, and it's clear that he wants Fat uh, he wants Rudy to join the Monster Squad because he wants a bodyguard. He wants protection. Pretty much, that's true. Yeah. Um, so they're they have this discussion in front of this like old spooky looking house that the kids say belong to scary German scary guy. Scary German guy. And she says it like she's TJ Miller. Oh, that's right, yeah, because they see the uh, Penny. What's her name? Phoebe. Pen- Phoebe. New start with a P. I'm just going to call her Pennywise. Uh, they see little Pennywise sitting in or in front of the uh, scary German guy's house, and like they just start like freaking out about it because they're just in proximity to it. Yeah. See, this type of stuff, I mean, it's, it's cl- it feels clumsy. It doesn't feel like natural. Want me to tell you something about scary German guy that's going to blow your mind? Sure. 
What year do you think he that actor actually died in? That actor died in 1987. <laughs> three months before this movie was shot. Oh my god! He died four years ago. Wow! He died, uh, Good for him. Five years ago, 2012. Good for him. Was he was he young when they shot this, or just was he? I I don't know. Apparently, him and Rudy 30, were smoking all those cigarettes. It was thirty years ago, so he could have been like in it. He could have been like sixty, so he would have been like eighty five, rough yeah, roughly when he died. Yeah. So that's not that bad. Yeah, but I thought he was like old. He looked old in this movie. Yeah, he looked like he, he was. He had some city miles on him. Well, he, if he was supposed to be in the Holocaust, spoiler alert. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Um, which would have been forty years prior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean. Well, it's so get, weird to think that that was not even a hundred years ago. Anyways, continue. <laughs> messed up, man. It's messed up. Humanity's disgusting. Yeah, you're telling me. You're Anyways. preaching to the choir, brother. Um, so they're like, well, let's give him the test. And then they give him, like, the most ridiculous monster test. Right? Like, it's... it's... <sighs> I like monster movies, and I liked monster movies as a kid. Like, I liked monster mythology and lore and stuff like that. And I think it's just like a phase that most kids go through. They ask him the most softball questions in the world. Like, how do you kill a vampire? And he says, stake through the heart in sunlight. No. As a kid, I knew there was many more ways to kill there's a vampire. There's garlic. There's, there's silver cut- nitrate. Well, there's cutting off the head, stuffing the head with garlic, stuffing garlic down the, the stump, and then you burn everything, but then you have to make sure no bugs or snakes escape the fire because that's parts of the vampire that's that's trying to escape. And I learned from Blade because I always love... That's silver, right? It's silver nitrate. Oh, uh, okay. Because it has to be... It can be silver, but it has to be... There has to be some nitrate in it. Okay. And the fire also, but also if you take like this weird pepper spray mm-hmm. that is filled with garlic and holy water because it makes their heads explode. Oh, cool. And one thing that was pointed out to us, not only, yeah, a stake through the heart would kill a vampire, but it would also kill a human being. Very true. <laughs> like True. Like in Hotel... Hotel Transylvania, Andy Samberg says to Adam Sandler, if I stabbed you in the heart with a stake, would you die? And he goes, that would kill anybody. (laughs) Pretty true, except for a werewolf. Um, That this is also true. So what that sequence is doing, and it was actually kind of, this could have been a very clever way, is what that sequence is doing is it's setting up the rules for this movie's universe. Which is cool. So you can establish that Dracula is only killed by either sunlight or a stake through the heart. Okay. You set up that the uh, werewolves are only killed by silver bullets, which they do, and it pays off. Okay, that's cool. You set up that Frankenstein is not the name of the monster. It's the name of the doctor. Not that that has much to do with like his mythology or any, or his like how right. he's eventually offed. But they that, throw that, that out the window, though. That, well, they threw that out the window in the scene before this one. Because before this, we were on a plane. In broad daylight. Yeah, in, in the middle of the day. And you, you spoiled my reveal there oh, at the I'm end. Sorry. That's fine. Um, whatever. So Dracula is on a plane and he steals the Frankenstein body. And in order to do it, he uh, one of the pilots or whatever like opens up the cargo bay door and it drops Dracula and the Frankenstein monster out into the middle of the day. And Dracula doesn't die. And then he's walking around in the middle of the day, not dead. Like, he should... What the hell? He should do, like, movie. the Mike, 
He should do the Michael Jackson thing where he should have like an umbrella. Yeah, or like. <sighs> or is that too Mary Poppinsy? No, I watched. I read a book. It was a. I think it was a Fear Street book. It, w- it wasn't like it was one of the Fear Street for like kids, and in it, some kid becomes a vampire and at the end but like the twist is you don't know he's been a vampire and so he's walking around in the middle of the day at the end of the book and the guy's his friends he realizes that he's a vampire and his friend's like how aren't you dying in the middle of this, the day he's like sunscreen apparently works really well or he's like spf 60 or something like that okay That's but they don't do anything like that in this movie like dracula's just in the middle of the day that, that would be so funny that would be awesome. More product placement. Yeah. 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 <sighs> this movie, man. So, I don't know. I don't know why it was. I don't know why it bugged me so much. I think. I don't know. Just really grr, grated on me. Uh. So, in the test, as they're giving Rudy the test, what is Rudy doing? Rudy's like, being the best character he's because being he a is man. being a peeping Tom. And checking out what's the what's the kid's Patrick. name? Patrick's sister. He doesn't know it's his sister yet, but he's watching her get changed. Doesn't this is he the say in- something like check out the Yabos or something like that? Yabos is from Hocus oh, Pocus. That's nice right. try. I think he just says um I think he says something along the lines of like, This is where your meetings are, I'm gonna like it here. Or oh, something, yeah, something like, like that. that. <sighs> uh both him and uh, Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein's monster <laughs> loves <laughs> boobies, which is awesome. <laughs> I can respect that. Yeah, as we were watching this, we were doing uh, Frankenstein saying very inappropriate stuff. Um, so, after they give him the test, um, Phoebe is trying to get into the clubhouse. Then the mom calls them to dinner. And I pointed out to you, so he walks in, and he grabs a carrot, and she's like, no, you'll spoil your dinner. Don't you want your kids to be eating vegetables? Right? Like, okay, I understand the concept of, like, no eating before dinner, but it's a freaking carrot. Like, go to town. Eat a carrot. Be healthy, please. It's like, you know, empty calories. Yeah. Yeah, they're free. I'm pretty sure in Weight Watchers, there's zero points. (laughs) Yeah. So eat all you want. Go to town. It... <laughs> oh, also, we, we forgot. He obviously doesn't eat dinner, though, because later on his dad brings him Burger King. Because his parents are, like, on the verge of getting divorced. Which also never gets resolved. Okay, we'll get there, because there's something I want to point out. Okay. He has a shirt on that says, Stephen King rules. Which is awesome. It's awesome, but also, this is the time of maximum overdrive. This is, like, cocaine-infused Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Like... This is when parents would be like, okay, I just read the book It, and I've read that end. You're not going to read them in no more. Hard pass on that one, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mm, I would say that it would probably be his mother that would be the one who would have vetoed it because she seemed to be more anti the monster stuff than his father. Oh, she his seemed father... to be on board with the monster stuff. Really? I was going to say, because his dad seemed to be on board with the monster stuff, I think they both too. were. They, like, That's this... why they liked him. Let him wear the shirt. Yeah, like, this is a very supportive family. That's oh, the mom is, too, yeah, because she gives him the Van Helsing. Because like... when he comes in, she gives him a journal that she bought at a yard sale, apparently, um, which turns out to be Abraham Van Helsing's journal. Right. Very convenient. Yeah. Which, like, how would she even know that? Oh, and me. then she also makes those, like she's not making jokes, but she's like, 
oh, is uh, Dracula the big monster that destroys Tokyo? Like, she's trying. Uh, Yeah, she showed an interest, which is great. Good job. Like, that's not, not bad. But I feel like she's doing this because she's in such a miserable marriage. And she's like, I got to put all my focus on my kids. Oh. See, mommy's happy. Mommy can support you. Mommy loves you. Mommy, mommy, mommy. Like, I am not qualified to comment on a fictional marriage. But I think that the issue with this marriage that I can tell is entirely on the mother. Yes. And, and I don't... I, I 100% agree. I, I don't want to sound... Come off as sexist. I don't want to come off as being like, well, the guy... I, like Because we don't really know what's going on. But her whole reason for not... Like, for not being happy is her, her husband has to work a lot. And he is like... The he's chief a, of police or something. He, he's like a he's, very high-ranking police officer. He's a sergeant officer. detective. Yeah. Like, and he's so, the head of the detective department. So he gets called out... On at all hours to go, you know, work murder cases and to work um, stolen artifacts at a museum. Like these are important things that he has to go do. And she's like, he as he's leaving, he goes, "I gotta leave. I'm sorry." And she's like, "I thought we were going to because they were going to go to couples marriage counseling." Yeah. He was like, "Well, can you reschedule?" And she was, and he's like, "This is my job. When we got married, you knew that this was part of the package." And she, and what did he, he says, "I love you." And she goes, "Well, prove it." It's like, yeah. well, how do you? What? Come on. He's a cop. Like, what do you expect? Well, you forgot our anniversary. Oh, I'm sorry. We found four dead prostitutes. Right. And there was like 20 kilos of cocaine. I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep our streets safe. Like, we never... That's You're giving a lot more credit that if that even happened. Because we don't know. All we know is that she's unhappy with his job. We don't know if he ever forgot anything or... Because other than that, he seems like a very there... Like, at least father. Yeah, he's he was, a great dad. Yeah, he was, like, showing, talking to his kid about, like, going to the movies with him. He was talking to his kid about, like, showing him, like, support with, like, his interests. It's just like the mom yeah, was. She was a great mother, too. But It's not that classic trope of, like, oh, you gotta stop with this dumb, stupid monster stuff. I don't right? know why I turned into Nicolas Cage. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, very like, good. Like, I, I had forgotten, and I was fully expecting because there's a sequence where right before they go wash up for dinner, when the dad's shaving, um, where the he's talking to the kid, and I was expecting him to be like, because the kid asked him if we can go, if he can go see a monster movie, and I was expecting the dad to be like, I got a call from your school, and the and you're doing that monster crap again. I need you to cut it out, but he doesn't. He's like, he doesn't even mention the school stuff, and he's just like, yeah, okay, we'll we'll go see your monster movie tomorrow. So don't worry, we'll go see it. Yeah, because. Also, the monster movie is Groundhog Day 12, which I've, I've talked to my friend Matt in the past about this. Know how you can make a great sequel to Groundhog Day? How? You just show the same Groundhog Day movie in theaters and put two in front of it. That would be awesome. Well, see, here's the thing. Because this movie came out in 87. Groundhog Day came out in 93. Yeah. So it's like... Yes, I know. But, like, the the movie he wants to see is called Groundhog Day 12, and this guy... It, I'm guessing it's like a Freddy Krueger type of movie. Well, okay, it's, it's clearly a play on the um, influx of holiday horror that was around okay. that time. Like, you had April Fool's Day. But that was had, a like, comedy. Mother- was it? Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a horror, though. Like, there was murders in it. Yeah, but they were, like, fake ho- Like It was, like, cartoonish, because didn't Sleepaway Camp turned out to be... 
Sleepaway Camp was not a comedy. No, no, but that was the Hermaphrodite one, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, no, April Fool's Day was a jokey one. Okay. Uh, It's been years since I've seen it. But but you had like an influx of like holiday-themed horror movies. So this clearly like a absurdist like, well, what other holiday can we make? (laughs) Martin Luther King Jr. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like a 12, like series 12 in that Arbor Day part 17, like things like that. So I'm assuming that's the joke there, which is a funny one. Yeah, I guess. So um, this is when the weird stuff starts happening. Because as soon as the dad leaves, um, there there's a wolf man. Okay, so he gets called because a mummy has escaped the museum. Mm-hmm. But as that's going on... Which isn't explained how the mummy came back to life. Just yeah. throwing that out there. Yeah. There's a guy, played by John Grius, who is Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's like, I'm a werewolf! Lock me up! And, okay, if a guy is asking to be locked up... Put him in a cell. I would assume that that's something you could do. Like, it seems to me like... I don't know police procedure. I feel like if someone comes in asking wait, wait, to wait. be... Wait, wait, wait. You're not a detective? Uh, I've, I was... It's my last week on the job, Scott. So Two days to learn. Exactly. <laughs> so please just don't... Don't push it. But, so like... I... <sighs> I don't know if they just accept people off the streets asking them, but I mean it's a really easy thing to do. Just go punch one of the policemen, or come in, up. come in covered in booze, smelling like yeah. booze, and, and then they'll lock you up. Yeah, exactly. they'll put you Public in the intoxication. Drunk tank. Yeah, like I I do like that scene. That scene was actually really cool though because you had um, it started off with a conversation uh, between the dad and his partner who calls him and tells him about the other thing. And then in the background, you have the guy screaming, lock me up. That was an effective sequence. I liked that. That was really cool. Also, that's really a good callback to the Wolfman movies because Larry Talbot did that in the Wolfman movies all the time. Like, please lock me up. You need to. You don't understand what's going to happen on the full moon. And I, I told you... They didn't have the rights to any of the Universal monsters. It's yes, it's very obvious. It is. Um, I mean, something like Dracula, you can get away with that because Dracula is just a generic thing. <laughs> but you can't do like when people hear Frankenstein monster, there is a very specific image that comes to mind. Boris Karloff. Yes, one hundred percent. And so, like. Theirs was close enough. It actually looked a lot more like Karloff in Bride of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. uh, where he's been through a fire, and so you got like the metal clips showing on in his head and everything. Um, but like the the bolts where they jumpstart the Frankenstein through Dracula's magic jumpstart. Oh staff. man, we're gonna get twenty miles a gallon once we get Frank started. Tell me about it. Um, they're like in his cheeks or like temples or something. They're like in that. the temples of his head. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're not even trying anymore. Guys, we got to move everything or we're going to get sued by Universal. Well, while we're talking about the monsters, um, I think that this is kind of cool because the person who did the monster effects was Stan Winston. Really? Yes. That's shocking. It's it's shocking. And I think it was phoned in on the majority of the stuff. But because, I mean, Stan Winston did a lot of effects. He did the stuff for the Terminator, the first Jurassic Park movies predator so he clearly worked with like shane black and like these people a lot um like i said predator did uh, he do um last action hero he did a bunch of the front he did aliens he did what, what year is last action hero because i don't 93. think so 
That's no. the same year as Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. No, he did Batman Returns. He did Pumpkinhead, which oh, is an wait. amazing spooky movie. Did he create the Penguin? Uh, I would imagine he got an Oscar nomination for Jeez. it. Jeez. So he did um, T two three D Battle Across Time. Oh, the ride. The ride at Universal, That's which one is of my cool. Favorite. It, are they shutting it down finally? I don't know. He did uh, I think AI. Did. He did Pearl Harbor. He's on a bunch of crap. He did The Shaggy Dog in 2006. Uh, G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra in 2009. Oh, he Avatar did, in 2009. He did um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Mega for Rise of Cobra. I would imagine. Yeah. So, but, so he's done a lot of stuff. Some good, some bad. This some is, Monster Squad. Some this this is like right down the middle. I'm gonna agree with you. Um, the Wolfman I feel was the worst. He looked like he was just wearing a mask that had like one animatronic part in it that would occasionally go off. Yeah. There were times where he was like running by the camera and his face was just stiff. But then you had like the Gill Man was a really cool suit. The Gill Man was cool, and um, I really liked the Mummy. The Mummy was great. I didn't find Dracula scary when I found out that the actor's name who played him is Duncan because like Bella, Bella Lugosi, like that's a scary. And then like you have Duncan over there, or even like hey, Max, Max Shrek, like that's oh, a Max cool name too. Yeah. Christopher Lee, I mean, ah, oh, Christopher Lee. I mean, a guy named Duncan. <laughs> Dwight Fry? No, he didn't play Dracula. Yeah. But he was in a bunch of old Universal uh, movies. See, I I wasn't scared by the Wolfman at all. I mean, I didn't. I don't mean I wasn't scared. I just mean I didn't find him to be like Wolfman-y. Because the Wolfman's my favorite Universal monster. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Cool. Always has been. Him and the Invisible Man, but some people don't consider the Invisible Man. <laughs> I mean, he he's in the, the DVD of, like, box sets, so. He's in, uh, yes, he is. And he was in some of the Abbott and Costello stuff, which is, like, not the definitive thing, but, like, if you crossed over with Abbott and Costello... That's a good sign. Like, to me, this Wolfman, like, Wolfman Jack is more scarier than this. <laughs> hey, guys. It's me, Wolfman Jack, 24 past the hour. It's the Monster Squad. Someone please bring me a pizza. Wolfman's like, got nards. <laughs> that that would have been a funnier line if it was Wolfman Jack. Oh, yeah, the Wolfman's got nards. They should have dubbed over Fat Kid with Wolfman Jack this entire movie. That would have been the best. Or a scary German guy. That would have been inappropriate, Scott. Scary. Oh, with a little girl. Okay, there we go. Or <laughs> Come Frankie. on, guys, don't be such a chicken shit. <laughs> it's a Wolfman Jack. Ah, oh, good stuff. I just, I, I, anytime I can, I try to do Wolfman Jack. That's fair. When we were trying on suits for my, uh, for my wedding to get fitted, mm-hmm. we were doing uh, Fat Wolfman Jack later in his career because, like, he would, he he would do these ad reads, but he was clearly just. Like eating donuts? He was, he was <laughs> eating the food. He was like, so coming up on the show is uh, mom's buttered biscuits and fried chicken. <laughs> that sounds good about right now. Karen, go get me some of that. 14 piece. Show's on hold. Uh, can we take a break? Well, man's not doing too well. <laughs> get me a bad drill. <clears throat> not bad drill. What's that thing? Bear. Bear aspirin. Bear. You put under your tongue. You're having a heart attack. <laughs> So, yeah, that Wolfman would have been more scary than the Wolfman. I agree. This Wolfman was not effective. The other monsters were good. Uh, Frankenstein was fine. Like I said, it's really hard to do a Frankenstein monster without ripping off Universal. Like, right. You, it's just hard. Um, 
I mean, they could have modeled him after um, American Werewolf in London. Oh, you're talking about the Wolfman? Yeah. Well, the American Werewolf in one, London is more a wolf as opposed to a man. But like like when David Noddington turns, like and... when his face. Yeah. So, well, speaking of turning, that's actually another medium issue that I have with this movie is all of the transformation sequences are garbage and stupid and dumb and garbage. Um, at the very beginning, you see Dracula change from a bat to a man. Uh, and you see the Wolfman transform twice from a wolf, a man to a wolf. And each time the way that it works is you see like a shot of like a hand and then it cuts to that hand, like slapping on against like the floor and there's a little bit more hair on it now. And then it cuts to like, the guy like slamming against the wall and you see his face and now his face is covered in even more hair. So you never see a transformation on screen. It's all done through cuts where right. just makeup's been added um, in between. And the, um, the Wolfman from the, uh, the second Wolfman from Universal had better transition effects yeah. than transformation effects than this movie. They, they actually in this, come on, they do show the Wolfman transforming through his face and then it's just like a little bump like two bumps appear he looked like walter matthau like (laughs) (laughs) he looked like like or like old man logan (laughs) like that's what he looked like yeah it was just (sighs) i was really disappointed like i'm just disappointed by this movie i was remembering it i don't know why i remember it being so much better and so the scene we're at now when when the Wolfman comes to life after he's been horribly shot, yeah, he gets brutally well because he he's in the police uh, um, police station station. Thank you. And he's like trying to get arrested, and he ends up grabbing a gun, which is the dumbest thing you can do. Yeah, because like, then they just have a shoot Billy him. Club or- yeah, exactly. So another police officer shoots him, and then he's while his corpse is being transferred to the morgue, the full moon hits it, and he and he comes back to life, it, which it, is cool because it's like what they talked about, where regular bullets won't kill him. And they did the the trope that they do in like Lethal Weapon and Die Hard, where he, someone's off stage, like the Wolfman gets shot, and then they reveal the person who did it. But they do it from the POV of the barrel of the gun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's still smoking. And I I want them to bring that back in movies because like that was always my favorite because it's always like a big barrel of a gun. <laughs> it's not like the gun the Wolfman grabbed was like a tiny like starter pistol. It was like a six shooter, yeah. And then the, the one that the cop had had like a giant nose. It's like a magnum or something. It was insane. <laughs> I'm glad I grabbed Dirty Harry's gun. <laughs> Feeling lucky? Well, do ya? <laughs> what, if it, oh, what if it was Harry Callahan? That would have been great. The movie would have been elevated. Yeah. Oh, and you know we keep silver bullets so then he wouldn't come back. Totes. So... Wolfman dies, comes back to life, and horribly murders someone. Yeah, he kills the people in the the, the guys that drive in the, the hearse. The guys driving. Um, the and then ambulance. Yeah. Okay. So he's escaped. He's wandering through the night. Dracula finds him. Dracula he, is like calling him. He's calling all of them. Yeah, because the the mummy goes into the little goes into Eugene's room. And Eugene's dad is such a prick to him. Oh, yeah. He's like, what do you want? And I pointed out to you, who would have been amazing in that role? You said Gilbert Godfrey. What do you want? <laughs> like, that would have, once again, elevated this movie. Because 
so he goes into Eugene's room and Eugene's like, there's a mummy in my, there's a monster in my closet. And he doesn't even look. He just goes, opens and goes, ooh. You see the monster? What a dick. He doesn't even turn around. Like, because a good parent would turn around. And like, look and check, like, like try to make your kid feel comfortable. Like, oh, let's see. Oh, look, there's no monsters in here. Oh, we're safe. But like, no, he's he's like taunting his, this kid's got to be like five. Yeah, he. Five or four. Yeah, like, he's making he's fun of him. He's the same age as Phoebe. So, okay, here's something I don't understand. Okay, so we have that sequence where he see where the Eugene sees the mummy. The next scene is the monster squad assembles in their treehouse because they've noticed that things are happening around the... I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They all have walkie-talkies, so I'm guessing that they just... Okay, why is Eugene there? Why do they want him as part of the monster squad? What does he bring to the table? He's that not cool related. Confederate hat. He's not related to any of them. We didn't even point that out. He's, yeah, he's wearing. He's wearing a Confederate hat. I didn't. The South lost, kid. Get over it. We're tearing down your statues. <laughs> oh, I want to. I want to point out his partner, Chris Tucker Light, because <laughs> the dad's part. The dad's yeah. partner, who is Stan Shaw, who. In the 80s and early 90s, was one of my favorite actors. He was in Fried Green Tomatoes. I believe he was in The Cotton Club. He is a fantastic actor. And here, he is just a trope. He's token black man. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, I hope we don't run into any spooks. Ah, it's yeah, it's like, very insulting. And he's like, oh, how could a mummy get up and walk away? This ain't the movies. And yeah, it is actually. <laughs> Wink. Well, I, I would have loved for him to just stop the movie for four minutes and stare at the, the camera and be like, you guys are still here? Why? <laughs> Go home. <sighs> I love this movie, but it's... it. And I, I thought I did. Well, like, I'm telling you, if you watch it, if you watch it with Tiffany and you see how, Shh. like, how excited, like, and, and stupid she finds it, I think you're going to like it again. Uh, maybe? I don't know if she would like it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really... Maybe, eh, maybe. See, I think part of the reason why this movie is not landing for me is I just watched a bunch of horror movies back to back to back to back, and this one is just so much lesser than those. Like specifically, Night of the Creeps, um, the director's previous movie is such a tighter and just better told movie. But that's and for it's, adults. Yes, it's very much for adults. But it's still handling the same type of like tongue-in-cheek tropes because it's mocking—not mocking, but it's—it's it's spoofing and paying homage to and referencing all like classic B movies. Right. And this is this movie is referencing all classic monster movies, and it just doesn't—it's not as good. It's just See, the script is bad. I I do love this. I shouldn't say love. I should say like. I do like this movie a lot. That's fine. But, no, I'm not letting your decision change my decision. Good. No, that's, I don't want no, it. I don't want no, it No, but, but I was seeing some of the flaws in it because I just realized that this came out during one of my favorite childhood like horror movies, like kid horror movies, uh, which is um, Something Wicked This Way Comes. I haven't seen that. Oh, man. Uh, is that G- animated? No. No. Live okay. action. Jonathan Price from Brazil mm-hmm. plays the devil. Nice. They did it on um, Rick and Morty. Yeah, I, I know what something wicked this. No, I mean like is. his his design in. Oh, okay. Is okay, exactly okay. with the top hat and the the. Mm-hmm. So this was like around the same time as Monster Squad, 
where Disney put in like all of this time that was that got great reviews but no audience because the movie was so long Mm -hmm. this got terrible reviews because the movie is so short it is it's super short but yep we still aren't even halfway through it talking about it so let's let's get back to the (laughs) plot um we i think we skipped over a scene where um okay we're at the assembling we, yeah, but, but I think we skipped the part where um, the the mother has left a note for the main character that he got a phone call from a oh, from, that's a, right. from, a, Mis- from Mr. Mr. Alucard asking him about the Van Helsing journal, and then he does, he does the thing that every movie that has Alucard in it he finds out that it's Dracula spelled backwards. I wish they just did Doctor Acula. That would have been super funny. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> but um. So, like, he finds out... How did Dracula find out that he has the journal? And if he knew that he had the journal, why didn't he just go there and kill him? Yeah. <sighs> Dracula's a, a, a wuss in this movie. What should have happened is Dracula should have killed him and Phoebe, and then the movie is all about Rudy getting revenge. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Because Rudy is the best. Rudy is the best. Okay, so where were we? We were past the... The monster assembly. Oh, so at the monster assembly, Gilman shows up mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, he just, he just comes in, out of a swamp. They split up in the groups. Oh, wait, no. No, no. They try to come up with a plan, and their plan is to go to scary German guy. Yeah, because they, they, they have Van Helsing's journal, but it's written in German, and they can't read it. So they have to go to scary German guy to find out, to get the exposition dump. And he, you never find out his real name. Even in the credits, it says Scary German. Oh, my God. So, the, okay. In that, I'll let you handle Scary German Guy. You find out that Scary German Guy is actually the nicest guy in the world. He offers them pie and Pepsi, a lot of cans of Pepsi. And then you find out Patrick is looking at one of the World War II bombers, and he's like, oh, you like that? That's a... Uh, Nineteen forty-three World War Two bomber, and he, they're like, "Are you sure you want to get involved with us fighting monsters?" And he's like, "I've fought my own fair share of monsters." And then they reveal on his arm there's numbers because he was in a concentration camp. I'm not laughing because I think it's funny. I'm laughing because what the hell? That's so dark. Like, like that's so out of tone with the rest of this movie. It's insane. Holy crap. Yeah. It... What? <laughs> to me, the two strongest characters are him and Rudy. Like, those are my two favorites. And Frankenstein. I do love It's monster. It's Tom Noonan. It's Tom Noonan from uh, Robocop 2, and he was also in Last Action Hero and Manhunter. And apparently the kids wanted to know what else Tom Noonan was in, so his the main kid's dad showed him and Rudy... Manhunter. Oh, Jesus. And then the next day, they were scared to talk to Tom well, Noonan. Obviously. Jeez. They're like, wow, this guy's intense. So, scary German guy offers to help them, and... <sighs> well, he, okay. he, he reads to them about the lore of the amulet, which is once every hundred... This is an amulet that is causing the balance between good and evil for some reason, and once every hundred years... At the stroke of midnight on this certain date, um, the amulet can be, uh, a chant can be done to the amulet. No, the amulet can be destroyed uh, at midnight, but 
if they say a chant, if a virgin says a chant to the amulet, it will open up that portal from the beginning and suck in all the evil around it or something. Or something. Yeah, so, Scary German Guy, this is a kid's movie. There's nothing funny about the Holocaust. No. There isn't. And they're not trying to make light of it. They're just trying to add... That they're trying to drop a bomb in the middle of a kid's movie. Because, like, how many kids do you think went to the theater? And they're like, Mom, what's that silly writing on his arm? Did he get a tattoo? Yeah, Billy. He, he super got, got a tattoo. He got a super tattoo. Like, I, I don't get it. I, just don't, I don't get it. I don't get why he did it. It's so messed up, I, man. I think they only did it so they they could have that line, oh, I've fought my fair share of monsters. Like, okay, that's in effect, like a very effective line. Oh, they man. could have made him a, a Vietnam, like, vet. Like, have, like, a like a Tom Cruise born on the 4th of July guy in a wheelchair, like, wow. don't worry, I fought my own fair share of monsters. Okay, <laughs> okay there's no Jesus. way that you can properly do this. Well, you don't have to have him in, or, be in the Holocaust. Oh, he can just be German. Make him a descendant of uh, Van Helsing. There you go. That's why the amulet was in that town, because the amulet's in the town that these people are in. Conveniently. As well. Yes, very much so. This is a movie of convenience. Like, and that's why they can find the, they find the journal in the area as well, and he's a descendant. That makes... Yeah, that's it. I don't know. That's I still want to see Tom Cruise from Born on the Fourth. You know, and even then, you could still have him be like a Holocaust survivor, and you could kind of tie into the whole fact that, oh, like, like the, the Van, oh yeah, but like the Van Helsing bloodline is like cursed to deal with this type of like, um, Jesus. well, <laughs> the Van Helsing oh, like, bloodline is cursed to deal with bad. Things. Exactly, and like, okay, yeah, I know that's messed up, but I mean, it's just like. A, it's like the the Belmont bloodline from the Drac- from the Castlevania games. I mean, if you're gonna have a fictional character like Van Helsing be a real person, you gotta do something else with him, not just have him do something really weird at the end of your movie. You know, kids, I tried to stab Hitler in the heart. Didn't work out well for me. No, it clearly did not. But you, but you know what I'm trying to say. I like I, I'm not trying to be inappropriate with it. No, no, I know. But- no, there's no way. Okay. Because this is a different time period. This was the 80s where, like, they didn't think anything of it. Like, nope. Like, you know, 30 years before, people were just getting over the last couple of years of, like, World War II. Mm-hmm. Or 40 years before. Yep. And, like, so no one really thought of it. Like, it was, like, something that happened. Yeah. So, yeah, but now we're like, Jesus, because, like, the world is a scary place. Oh, yeah, the world super sucks right now. But anyways, um, so where were we? So they they need to find a virgin, they find out. So they go to... So they break up into groups. One goes to get the amulet. Yep. And that's uh, Sean, Fat Kid, and Eugene, which Eugene doesn't... Along with Frankenstein, because don't forget, Frankenstein's showed up. This Frankenstein monster has shown up. Yep, that's Um, exactly Because when they come back from Scary German Guy's house... Uh, Dracula has sent the Frankenstein monster to try and kill the kids, but Frankenstein's monster has befriended um, Penelope, Phoebe? Phoebe, Phoebe has befriended Phoebe uh, in a in a scene that you think is going to go like the sequence from the original Frankenstein movie where he accidentally drowns a child. Um, but so he, Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> I'm sorry, is now Phoebe, you're just a good such guy. a bad actress. We have to do it. Oh, she was terrible. Yeah. 
but you do get her best line reading ever, which is, come on, guys, don't be such chicken shit. <laughs> So that was awesome. Still would have been better with Wolfman Jack. Doing oh, totally. It. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, so Frankenstein's monster, fat boy, fat fat kid, fat kid. So they take him up into the clubhouse, and he oh, does. He loves- this is where it gets okay. So this is right after the 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 scary German guy Holocaust scene mm-hmm. with the numbers, and then they go directly into. You think it's gonna be funny with like. Frankenstein with the kids, whoop de doop de doo, and then he realizes he's a monster, and he's like, "I don't want to be this way." Because yeah, they show him like a a mask of Frankenstein's monster, and he's like, "Me monster? No, me no scary." He talks like that, but it's it was it was really good. That was a good scene. Like yeah, that was, it was a, so sad. But right before it. Frankenstein was taking Frankenstein's monster was taking pictures of boobs. Cause, oh, that's cause, right. Because cause, Patrick's sister. Okay, so and what's the name? Uh, Rudy had set up a camera to take pictures of Patrick's sister. Because that's not a felony. <laughs> In the eighties, oh it wasn't. Yeah. Which they then use later okay. to blackmail her. Yeah. So, so Frankenstein. The scene that they show is Frankenstein's looking through the camera. And he leans in, and she's undoing her bathrobe. Mm-hmm. Boobs, click. Which you don't see. Right. Well, you see like the outline. Like they start to open it, and mm-hmm. you see like the the crevice, so that you you're like your Is that mind what you call would. Call it, it, Scott. The the crevice. <laughs> the cleave. Yes. There you go. So, so that you're because imagination brain can't do anything. I guess you have to show something, and right as they do it, click. And Frankenstein jumps. Yeah, because he doesn't know what a camera is. Yeah, he doesn't. So he managed to take a picture. But anyway, so... So then they go and break up into groups. Yep. Oh, wait, no, they do a weird montage first. They do a montage of them... They do a preparation montage of them getting ready to go and fight the monsters. Okay, the only one who gets ready is Rudy. (laughs) Yes, that's very correct. Because Rudy creates some stakes. Rudy creates some silver bullets. Rudy gets the pictures developed. And and everyone else does all in school. And everyone else does nothing. Yeah, but he does this in school. Yeah, like he's like, making the silver bullets in shop class. He's okay. making the stakes in shop. You could get away with doing the stakes mm-hmm. because you could be like, I'm building a tent at home. Yep. Silver bullets. He, he has a bullet mold. He has like, a crucible. What? He has a crucible. Yeah, yeah. Where was... did he get that? Shop. Shop class. A, a bullet crucible? Shop class. Uh, that's high school. It's the eighties. Scott. Okay, now let's tie everything together. You have scary German guy as the Van Helsing bloodline. This is where you have the Vietnam vet. Yeah, helping them out, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh my God! Let's rewrite this movie. Hard pass. <laughs> we well, have been rewriting it all night and making it better. Yeah. Um, <sighs> uh, I still can't get over it. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, no, it's cursed. Have, it's gotta be. I haven't laughed that hard in forever. It's got. It's gotta be cursed. It's the only way that the Van Helsing bloodline makes sense. Anyways, yeah. moving on. <laughs> oh, want to go back to Wolfman Jack? No, I don't. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. You know, so, there are other like mediums that have like treated like the Holocaust or like <laughs> well, no, not the Holocaust, like World War Two in general, like uh, Wonder Woman. Or, no, not Wonder Woman. Um. Captain America's done a lot. Yep. Like uh, with the, I don't like bullies. Yes, but like the Red Skull is like the main antagonist Hydra, type of stuff. Yeah. Like you have like other forces 
that are influenced are what influenced the Nazi party. You could have had like Dracula in, influence that the Nazi been great. party or something like that. And like Van Helsing, ha- the bloodline had to go and fight it and he got caught and he got sent to the concentration camp, which is very depressing. But uh, God, this movie. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to make too much sense of this movie. And I feel like I'm dragging out this episode. Okay. So we, we did skip something because when, uh, does it matter? <laughs> no, this is the best line in the movie. Okay. Because when they find out they need a virgin, uh, Sean goes up to Rudy in the the malt shop, mm-hmm. which I guess they still have that, and he's drinking a giant Pepsi. He goes, hey, know any virgins? He like, does a spit take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, movie. So, in this montage, it's basically the Rudy montage. We should just call it the Rudy montage, because yeah. he's building the stakes. He steals the bow and arrow oh yeah he gets the pictures developed so then that leads us to them breaking up into groups Mm -hmm. rudy and patrick go to blackmail his sister and then the other guys go to get the amulet Mm -hmm. here we go (laughs) because the conversation with the sister who we've already established is played by probably a playboy playmate yeah, like she, maybe. Like, I she doesn't actually show anything. So who no, knows? no, she, she's like a thirty-year-old woman. Is <laughs> is my point? Fair enough. Like, I follow you. Like she's a third. I kept joking every time she came on screen. Can we hurry this scene up? I have to go pick up my kids. <laughs> that is what she looked like. Yep. And he's like, "Hey, okay, your brother wants to ask you something." And he goes, "Have you ever been? Do you still have? What could?" And she's like, spit it out. What do you want? No. And he goes, he wants to know, have you ever been dorked? Very effective. <laughs> and she said she hadn't been. So. And good. she is a liar. We find that out later. Yep. Um, so that's that stuff. They, so they get her. This is all in one night. This is the night of everything that needs to get done. Yes. So Dracula has found the amulet in the house from Big Fish, like the mansion from Big Fish. Yeah. And he blows it up. The kids sneak in. He blows it up by accident. Because, like, he hears Frankenstein's monster walking (coughs) on the floor. Mm -hmm. And, like, he has, like, this, a plunger, like, that old-timey, like, TNT plunger. And it just, like, slides down and dynamite goes off. And it only collapses the area over the Frankenstein monster, which knocks him out. I would have loved to seen like, an old-timey cartoony thing where he goes to lift up the plunger and then he goes... And sticks his fingers in his yeah, ears. Yeah, that would have been funny. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. Um, so, oh. Uh, well, earlier, Dracula had broken a hole in the basement of this mansion's wall. Because he could sense it. Yeah, he could and, feel it. And he sees the amulet, but he doesn't go and get it. Because it's covered in, in crosses and stuff like that. Yeah, crucifixes. And so... The kids have entered the the house. They get chased by the mummy. Dracula's created three uh, three uh, yeah. brides of Dracula. Yeah, who? This is another continuity thing, because at first they were in like Catholic schoolgirl uniforms. They looked like something out of like a Robert Palmer music video. Yeah, like, well, you know, time had passed, Scott. They can change clothes. You know how you know how changing works. No, I understand. <laughs> I just want to know: Did he have these clothes waiting for them? Like. 
Dracula's wives have to, or brides of Dracula have to wear very specific things. No, Long, no, flowy glasses. No, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> arguing that. No, no. I just want to see the scene in the movie where he like goes to like a Sears or Kmart. In in where in, did he get these things? And, I and agree. like the uh, a woman goes up to him and is like, "Excuse me, sir, do you need help?" And he's like, "Yes, I want to know. Do you have this in a size four? <laughs> like that'd been very funny. <laughs> yeah. See, it seems like that that would have made this movie awesome. <laughs> Dracula anyway, not knowing what lingerie to get his brides. I would have loved to see that. But so, so they're chased by Dracula, uh, the brides, and the mummy, and they end up finding a secret passage down to the basement where they then recover, steal the amulet, they take the amulet. Yeah, they take the amulet. Um, and what's his name gets attacked. Sean gets attacked, mm-hmm. and Fatkid takes a piece of pizza in a from a fanny pack. That has garlic on it, puts it on Dracula's face, and like first off, the amount of garlic that is probably on that is probably non-existent. Oh uh, yes, definitely. But you would have thought that he took like holy water and threw it in his face, and it, and it burns Dracula's face, which then miraculously heals because he's not burned in the rest of the movie. Because it's a guy named Duncan playing Dracula. Yes, um, I'm just gonna keep going back. I can't believe it. like here. Here's one of my issues. A fundamental issue I have with this movie is this sequence. Uh, is is something that happens in the sequence, and it happens a bunch throughout the movie. So, Steve, is that his name? Steve, uh, Sean. Sean. Sean is holding the amulet. Dracula then grabs Sean and says, give me the amulet. Why don't you just rip it out of his hand, buddy? Like, he's a baby he's yeah, he's, he's a tiny Dracula. kid and you're an immortal basically god who has super strength that can turn into bats what, just steal it what you do or hypnotize is him you just take his he- neck and you just go yeah, apply a little bit of pressure and snap there you go yep problem solved break your amulet so like, they go running out of the the place and how do they get out like they're in the basement how do they get out they crawl over the corpse of frankenstein did they yeah How'd they get back up and, and not get attacked because, by the mummy and the, 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 the brides? This well, movie's bad. This well, movie's no, bad. No, they they the mummy goes out in the middle of the street because scary German guy I really wish we this knew is his after, name. This is after they get out of the house though. Yeah. Why would they just let them anyways? Yes, so they escape the house Movie logic. somehow. Yeah. Because they escape because the script says so. Yep. Um and scary German guy shows up along with the sister, the sister Rudy. Rudy, and not Fackett, Franklin, no, Frank. Uh, Patrick. Patrick. Patrick way, way and Phoebe's there too. Yes. For so, some reason. so then the mummy, they hit the mummy, or the mummy grabs onto them. And yeah, while they're driving away in, um, in German guy's Jeep. <laughs> yeah. Was he in the army or something? He was, he was in World War Two, Scott. Well, that that looked like a military. Unit. It definitely did. Yeah. So, this is where Rudy proves how awesome he is, because he. Um, Rudy's been proving how awesome he is, <laughs> but this is where Rudy steps it up. He grabs the cloth, puts it on a, uh, a uh, an arrow, shoots it, and then it unravels. And that's a really cool and creative way of getting rid of the mummy. So it unravels the entirety of the mummy and all that's left of him is bandages and a skull. Awesome way to go. Yeah. So cool they de- death. They decide to go to the old church. In town center. Yeah. So as this is going on, Dracula goes to Sean's house, blows up his tree house, and the mom is like, oh my God, because a candle blows out. Yeah. Because they establish early on in the movie that 
if the candle stays lit, nothing bad can happen. Their house is protected or something. Why did Dracula go... Why did Dracula waste his time instead of chasing the kids? Why did he go to their house and blow up their treehouse? I have no idea. Did he think they were there? He didn't establish that. If he knew where they lived this whole time, why didn't he just go there and take the damn journal? Because he does the equivalent of... of uh, taking a brick and throwing it through someone's front it's so annoying <laughs> and then he uh so the dad shows up who's been driving around with his partner the whole night mm-hmm. um and then dracula murders the partner by throwing dynamite underneath the car which explodes they never really like mourn or address that he's just gone <laughs> oh, well that guy's dead the only black person in the movie blowed up yeah okay that that was one thing that i i thought was gonna happen i thought that the monster squad was gonna have at least one like that kid that guy's kid like in the group yeah they, like you need to if have, that movie was made nowadays it really would have it would have been have like stranger mic. things exactly you need a mike uh was it hamlin? mike hanlon you need a mike hanlon yeah so <laughs> then halfway through the movie the kid finds out his dad died and he's like guys i don't want to play anymore like, right yeah like th- that would have added stakes and like an emotional connection to another character i don't yeah, care about any of these people <laughs> except but, for rudy obviously because okay. rudy's a badass but clearly he comes from a bad home because he's all biker and smoking and so now the mom's like oh i get it now our marriage is fixed is that the moment when it's fixed? Because, like, yeah. I, they hug, right, or yeah, something? Yeah, they, they hug, and they're about to kiss, and then they cut away. Did she... This this goes back to me saying this woman's terrible uh, when it comes to this relationship. Because if it takes freaking supernatural monsters for her to realize that this guy's job is serious, what the hell, lady? I truly believe this family, like, this mom had an affair. Like, I would imagine... Like, they're, like that... I feel like had to have happened at some point. It had to. So, or the na- dad had an affair. Like that's. I don't think he would have. Probably not. But that's the only like because he's the, never the, there. But the way that she's mad at him, it would have made sense if she like was suspecting him of cheating or something like that. Or like she thought that the career mattered more, so she had an affair and she's mad at herself and taking it. There out you go. Him. That works out. <laughs> Psychology. Yeah. So they go to the center of town. And the the sister, uh, the older sister, the 49-year-old woman, I'm just going to keep changing her age. Fair enough. The 65-year-old woman uh, reads the thing, nothing happens. She gets through it, nothing happens. And Patrick goes, you're not a virgin, are you? And she goes, no. Well, I one time with Steve, but that doesn't count. Of course it counts. (laughs) It's like, come on. That was pretty funny, actually. Yeah. And, And then... Okay, the only reason why Eugene is in this group is because he goes, Hey, is she a virgin pointing to the five-year-old girl? Yeah, she technically is. And so the five-year-old girl is the one who reads the incantations. But I don't want to skip. I know we're going wicked long on this one. No, it doesn't matter. We're we're nowhere near... eh, We're very close to the end. Uh of the I, uh, of the no, I, I'm. We usually go above the the runtime of the movie. Oh, we I, might we might make it on time of the actual. Ooh. But anyways, um, so they at this point, this is the best part of the movie. Well, this yeah. whole sequence is really cool because like this is when like they fight the monsters, quote unquote, and like everyone kind of has a moment. So you've got um, Rudy goes out into the middle of the street smoking a cigarette. He's got his bow and arrow. <laughs> He shoots one of the brides of Dracula through the heart. Another one comes up to him. He stabs her through the heart with, like, a stake. 
awesome. Okay, I, I don't say, know what happens in the third one. She kind of goes away. No, she... Does he kill her? I think it goes through both of them. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay, I would say that everyone has a moment except for Rudy. He has 20. Oh, like, yeah, well, he's had a moment this Okay, they should movie. call this group, instead of the Monster Squad, Rudy's Heroes. Like, Rudy and the Monster Squad. All right, yeah. <laughs> Like Bruce Springsteen and the East Street Band. Exactly. Rudy, whatever the hell his last name is, in the Monster Squad Band. Um, so, so as um, the father is arriving on the scene, he does a really badass thing. He's leaning out his window with his gun, and he shoots Dracula, who's in a bat form. That's a good shot. He's moving in a car, and he shoots a tiny moving target. I would have preferred to have him have his entire body out the window and him driving with his feet. See, that would have been really cool, too. Once again, missed opportunity <laughs> yeah. movie. So Dracula crashes through a window. They go up. Uh, so, um, Oh, the only one who doesn't do anything is Patrick. Well, he's dealing with the um, the incantation. He's so, dealing yeah, with his he was also sister. He's also the lamest character in this movie. Yeah. But so he goes... Um, so the father and the main kid go upstairs and they try like they see Dracula like mid transforming from a bat and the wolfman comes up and the father has a stick of dynamite for whatever reason he lights it sticks it down the wolfman's pants and pushes him out the window and the wolfman explodes and it's, and it's awesome and then he comes back together and then Rudy takes his silver bullet because the police are, are fighting the monsters, too. The police mm-hmm. in this town are amazing. They are really cool. I, that's what I, was, I noticed during the movie. Because, like, there's a point where they shoot the wolfman after he's, like, sucked himself back together, like you just said. It was really cool. But, so, like, the, the, sh- the police unload into the wolfman. Nothing happens. You've now shot this person, like, with so many bullets. And their next logical response, instead of running, is like, well, okay. And they go fist to fist with him. And the wolfman annihilates them. But, like, you know what? Good on them. That's dedication to your job. To serve and protect, indeed. Yes. So then Rudy takes all the bullets out, puts in the silver bullet. And I said, I said as we were watching, I'm going to pretend this is my mom's boyfriend. <laughs> you didn't hear me say no, that. No, I did not hear you say that. <laughs> It's, it's a little dark there, Scott. <laughs> well, if this is supposed to be a Stephen King light, <laughs> fair enough. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that would definitely would have happened in a Stephen King movie. Yeah. Book. So, so Ooh. he he shoots the, he shoots the Wolfman, and the Wolfman goes, "Oh, thank God!" Well, he turns back into Uncle Rico, and then he's like, "Oh, finally!" <laughs> thank you, Napoleon. Ah. <laughs> uh. I like that they they stuck to the Wolfman mythology in that way of like him just wanting to die or be taken care of. So that's cool. And, and Rudy has a great line. He's like, I "Told you there was only one way to kill a werewolf," which he was one hundred percent correct. So good on him. And then Gilman shows up, and this is Fat Kid's moment to shine because he he has the gun. He has the he shot- takes like a shotgun. Well, yeah, like because he's trying to fight off the the gill man mm-hmm. with the the blunt end the butt of the gun mm-hmm. and he tries to get into the comic book store and the two bullies that was like a diner yeah, whatever. that was like a drugstore or something but he's like let me in and they're like no way so then he takes the, yeah, the gun two, yep there you go he t- oh no what were you gonna say oh, i was gonna say yeah because like in the store that he's trying to get into are the two bullies from the very beginning of the movie that we haven't seen in this entire sequence or in the entire rest of the movie but anyways so um <laughs> badass fat kid badass horace takes the gun blows away the gill monster <laughs> yep 
And they're like, wow, fat kid. And he goes, my name is Horace. And I was like, oh, man, those kids are going to die. Which is awesome. Like that, that part was great. Why were you cocking your gun? Everyone else is dead except for Dracula. Like, you're not going after Dracula. Oh, kid. no. No, I, I think he's going to go be like, now time for the most dangerous game. <laughs> Start <Man>. running. <laughs> now I have a new taste for human flesh, the most delicious meat of them all. <laughs> so, um, Dracula shows up again. Yeah. And, like, is this before or after he gets impaled? I think it's before. Yeah, this is before he gets impaled. This is how he gets impaled. Yeah, so, so Dracula shows up. He starts doing the, the slow walk towards the, the heroes. And they're um, like, Phoebe. Yeah, while she's doing her incantation. And then so once again, I don't know how many police officers are in this town, but they just stream into Dracula, and he starts snapping necks, breaking arms, throwing people aside. Dracula, he was pretty lame for the majority of the movie, but that sequence was, was okay. So, the scary German guy tries to protect her, and he gets shot with a lightning bolt? Or Does, what? He must have like some sort of like protection or something, because he's Van Helsing. But, in my, in my head, Kennedy is. Yeah, he gets hit with some sort of like laser beam from Dracula or something. And then you have the best line, because he grabs Phoebe and goes, Give me the amulet, bitch! <laughs> and, once again... She's a little... She's of- five years old. They establish she's five. Just take it from her. Just pull it out of her hand. Is there's there was some movie I don't remember what where there was some sort of like special item that some monster or evil person wanted to get, but they weren't allowed to take it. But that was a rule that was established. It, it huh. could only was it be Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. No. Okay. No. Because that's another thing. It, that... Yes, you're talking about the Mirror of Erised, yeah. But, like, it was, like, so they transform into, like, that person's friend or something like that. And there's a point where they're, like, oh, just give me that and I'll hold on to it for you while you go to this other thing. And the person's, like, no. Nice try, jerk. I don't remember what movie it is. But, like, is that what's going on here? Is he not allowed to take it? He, Probably he can only not. be given? Yeah, I think. But they didn't establish that. I think, like, the other. that's why he needs the other monsters because they'll grab it and hand it to him. I guess. That's why he didn't go take it from the room with all the crosses. Eh, whatever. I, I think that there was like 17 missing scenes that was explaining all of this stuff. I really do. So, um, the dad impales Dracula. Well, he like knocks him away and he, he lands on a, a fence post. Yep. On the church property. Yes. Which so the- should have killed him because it was a cross. <laughs> so they finish the, uh, the incantation... And it starts sucking. No, the dad doesn't. Frankenstein monster comes back and throws him. Right. Frankenstein monster comes back and like decks him across the face. Because Phoebe's his little buddy. Yep. So, um. We got to get Frankenstein monster back in the scene. Yeah. That's important. Because they start getting sucked in. Because Phoebe opens up the gate. Phoebe opens up the gate and Dracula starts to get sucked in and grabs Sean. And he grabs a stake and just Dabs Dracula through the heart, and Van Helsing's ghost. <laughs> I don't think it's just. I think what has happened is Van Helsing has been stuck inside of this negative zone for a hundred years, and he comes out to take Dracula in. And then he gives him the thumbs up, like yeah, like the biggest like jerking in front of your like a your Chuck body. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like thumbs up, and it's like, what? <laughs> okay, when did you learn that? 
okay. <laughs> Whatever. Holy uh, crap, ma'am. This movie. And then you get a very sad moment because then Frankenstein yes. gets sucked in. And she's like, no, no. He, he, I think he's just, he either says, like, goodbye or, like, thank you or, like, I'm okay with this. He says something 80s because he says, like. I'll be ca- back. No, he says, like, cowabunga or something. <laughs> I don't think it was exactly or that. Or, like, bogus. It was something like that. Oh, wait, that. no, he says bogus to um to Dracula when he. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. But so like he's uh, Frankenstein's monster is getting sucked into the portal, and Phoebe throws like her teddy bear at him. Scraps. And scraps. And he goes, and he, scraps. And he catches it, and he's very happy as he's crushed into a black hole oblivion. All I could think of is a uh, that Best Buy commercial or that Apple commercial with uh, Brad Garrett as Frankenstein <laughs> singing. I don't remember that one. It's from like this year or the year before. Oh, yes, I do remember that one. Okay. <laughs> That's all I can think of. Oh, man, how great would it have been if it was Brad Garrett? Hello, Raymond. That would have been awesome. Hi, maybe. Frank. So, a little bit earlier, yeah. what's the name of the, the Franklin? The little kid? The one who... Eugene? Eugene. And it was a weird name. Eugene had written a oh. block letter um, letter to the army just saying like u.s army monsters please come help and at the very end of the movie the army shows up yeah and he's like huh, what happened who can tell us what happened and uh uh we it's sean right sean like, okay because, because one of the I only just thing make sure we're not calling him by the wrong name the only thing i don't know what any of their names are i'm bad with names the only thing that Sean did during the, the montage is he cards. printed business cards and he hands the the U.S. Army general a business See, card and he's like, "Monster Squad, what's that?" That's us. Credits. The Monster movie's Squ- over. Monster Squad rap happens. <clears throat> I would have loved in his actual montage of him actually getting real business cards, like him at like a paper store looking at different colors picking fonts and stuff like that <laughs> and like arguing about like kerning and stuff uh, like that no no it needs to be an inch and a half yes and i require three underlines please. okay this is copper plate i needed bookman god damn am i surrounded by idiots that would have been i would have watched the movie all about that so credits are rolling and i said and I stand by this. I want a modern day sequel to this movie because they hand the U.S. Army general a card saying, and they say, "We're the Monster Squad." In my head canon, they are now officially been admitted into like the army ranks, and so they are like this elite monster hunting squad. Because in this world, we've established the monsters are real. So it's been 30 years, and monsters are still like roaming the earth, and they're like a hit team that goes out and like hunts all the um, the monsters. But at some point during this time, kind of like Scooby-Doo, the first movie, they've had like this falling out, and so they have to like re-come together like as it. the monster squad. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, 30 years later, or, or like the original miniseries. But like, so they have to come together years later to fight a resurrected Dracula or something like that. Or like, um, what's another monster they didn't do? They didn't do Invisible Man or like a Hunchback or like... Um, oh, Jekyll and Hyde. Or Jekyll and Hyde's a good one too. Or like they, they could have... Um, Bride of Frankenstein. A, well, that's a good one too. But I was going to say they could have like uh, one of Dracula's assistants resurrect him. So you could... Have, oh, oh no, sorry, it was Frankenstein's. But you could have like Renfield resurrect him or like um, an Igor or like a Fritz. Like mm-hmm. bring, bring people back. 
It writes itself, man. They, okay. That would be awesome. Who would you cast for your adult? No. Because people. Uh, no, I was thinking. I, don't, I was I don't. thinking about it. So this is who I would cast. So as fat kid, I I was joking with you and I said Josh Gad, but I thought of someone better. Okay. Bobby Moynihan. Okay, that's fair. And then, uh, for Patrick, you need someone basic. So like like maybe a Ben Schwartz. So you're just gonna in the other one, Danny Pudi? Are we just casting the new Ducktales? No, no, I I didn't even. I was just trying to think of because I have the perfect Rudy, Sam Rockwell. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, I was gonna say Judd Nelson. <laughs> Don't you? And then He'd be like totally ravaged throughout the years. And then for the main one, Adam Scott. Oh, obviously, Adam Scott's or, awesome. Or Jason Bateman. Yeah, Jason Bateman would fit as well. Yeah, Jason Bateman would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Old German guy could be dead. Uh, um, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Oh, if only um, Dennis Hopper wasn't dead. That would have been great, too. Hey, guys. It's me, scary German guy. Anyone got cocaine? Yeah. I want to see that movie happen. Make it happen, not universal. Well, they did want to remake it. Did they really? Yeah. See, I don't want a remake. I want a sequel. <laughs> um, a remake... <sighs> okay, so this is a little bit insider baseball, but... On my other podcast, No Refunds, we watched a bunch of spooky movies, and there was a point where we were talking about um, certain movies that get remade. It's all the mainstream, like the Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Street, your Halloweens, like all your big franchises get re- Star Trek even. Like you're, It's always the big names that get remade. Those aren't the movies that need remakes. You need movies that are less well-known but have a really cool concept See, that, like this one that's why that I, would probably be that would probably work as a remake that's why i, I liked when they remade as much as i love uh let the right ones in when they made let me in uh, see here's my issue with that that was like two years apart though i'm talking about movies from like the 80s like update them like we watched yep. chopping mall bring chopping mall oh, into the modern chopping, chopping mall it's awesome but terrible but amazing it's a sequel actually really are, Are you sure about it, that? It's not really a sequel. It's it's part of the same world as uh, Eating Raul. Cause Roger, oh, because of those two characters, right? Yeah, because Roger beginning. Corman produced both movies. But they're uh, that's just like a little cameo. It's funny. It's not a sequel. It, it's supposed to be part of the same universe. Because those those two characters yeah. at the beginning play the same people. Yep. But anyways. Yes. Um, no, I I totally agree. Like. I would love to see a, a remake of a movie I love from the 90s that no one really saw because it, it came out like a month or two weeks after Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. I would love to see like Stir of Echoes redone again. That's one of my favorites. I've never seen that movie. Kevin Bacon Sees Ghosts. Oh. Yeah. I saw a thread on Reddit the other day that talked about Kevin Bacon. Said if you want to borrow movie. my copy, Stir of Echoes. I'm very great. bad with borrowing movies. That's never a good idea to let it's me borrow It's probably on movie. Netflix then. Cool. <laughs> I think it actually is on Netflix. You would love it. It's great. Nice. Um, no, like, there there are so many, like, horror movies that should be remade that weren't good, like, first time around. Like, I, I love Joe Dante's Piranha, mm-hmm. but the one that Paul Shear produced with Oh, the, re- the, yeah, the remade one, right? The, yeah, with the first one. Not the Piranha double, 3 double D. Not, not the... <laughs> gross one yeah i haven't seen the second one i have seen the first one. the first one's great yeah it's it's like a fun campy little movie yeah. but it benefited from being in a modern setting type i of mean deal. that's how i feel about cabin in the woods because they they did remake that no i mean 
Kevin in the Woods, like... Oh, sorry, no, I'm sorry, I'm seeing Kevin Fever. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, that's how I feel about Kevin in the Woods, because they, they really captured that, that lost genre. Yeah, Kevin in the Woods is great. Kevin in the Woods is such a good little love letter to horror movies. So, now that, that we've come to the end of, not just the podcast, but the end of Halloween month, um, was there anything you wish we did, like... Um, wish that we did. No, I think that we... Instead of this. <laughs> uh, no, I'm... We can't always do things that we know we're going to love. I'm happy that we did... Excuse me. I'm happy that we did this because it is something that I thought I really liked. And I'm happy that I revisited it and I was able to see it through a new light. Um, that said, is there anything else that I wish we had done? Mm. I wish there was more weeks in the month that we could <laughs> cover like different stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, now that we're doing a lot of yeah, yes. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that I I would want to do? I don't know. Not that I can think of. I would have loved to do one of the community Halloween specials. Oh, like the zombie one. That one's that one. great. Um, any any time where they have. Britta in a Halloween costume that's just adorable. Well, Britta's costumes are the best because they're just like regular costumes as opposed to everyone's like doing mashups or something like over the top but, or something really under. But her, her costumes are so adorable. Like the squirrel. The squirrel the, one was always squirrel my favorite. The squirrel one is so cute. She's so cute <laughs> in that. It's just, she looks like, you know, Gillian Jacobs in the squirrel costume. Really? Um, that's shocking. Yeah, I know. You, you know what I would have liked to have done? I would have liked to have done one of the home improvement um, episodes or Halloween episodes because we talked about, I don't know if I talked about it on the actual podcast, um, but they always, those type of sitcoms always did crazy um, Halloween episodes and the home improvement ones were the ones that I remember actively looking forward <laughs> to as a kid. I really <laughs> liked them. Um, I don't know if they'd hold up nowadays. I haven't seen home improvement in close to, 20 years at I this just, point. I just remember but. Tim Allen going, Oh, no. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of Halloween episodes. Oh, there's always a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I do love the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Um, That's cute. But I remember, like, we talked about Boy Meets World, but there was, I know Fuller House did, like, I tried watching Fuller House because I had nostalgia for Full House. I've seen the first, like, three episodes, and I didn't feel any need to continue. They did a Halloween episode that they, um, there was this know-it-all kid, so they decided to scare him. So they took the little boy, and they made it look like they were eating his brains. That's pretty cool. And that was just weird. But I remember the old Full House, like, ones being so tame. I don't remember any of the Full House Halloween episodes off the top of my head, which is probably why, because they just were not yeah. anything special. I remember like Nickelodeon in the uh, early 90s. Their Halloween episodes were actually always... I, I wish we did an Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, that would have been cool. Um, What's the... Yeah, Are You Afraid of the Dark is awesome. Any Are You Afraid of the Dark would have been great. Was it a goosebumps episode with the pumpkin heads or is that a pete and pete episode that is uh is goosebumps that, that okay, is I, definitely goosebumps. Night, of, night of the pumpkin heads like that i also feel like there was a pete and pete episode where people w walk around with pumpkins on their heads yeah there okay I, mi I might be wrong <clears throat> so there is a halloween episode where they go trick-or-treating 
and you meet um, Michelle Trachtenberg. Um, you meet her dad, and he's played by Iggy Pop. That's awesome. And he calls the kids a bunch of stooges. <laughs> That's super awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, kids, now I'm going to sing The Passenger. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, hmm, any other things that I would have oh, particularly liked? Or a, or a Mystery Science Theater 3. These are all things we could do like in the future, but like doing a Mystery Science Theater 3000 whenever they would do a Halloween one. That would be interesting, because, I mean, it's a movie within a movie... And then we'd be commenting. It's a commentary on a movie, and then we'd be commenting on the commentary with the movie as well. So what do you comment on? Do you comment on their jokes? Do you comment on the movie that you're watching? Do you comment on both? And in which case, how do you oh, even man, structure that? Oh, man, I opened that? a can of worms there. I don't know if that would be effective, because it, like, it, literally all we would be saying is like, and then they said a funny joke at, at this point, and we would just be telling their jokes again. That would not... I was talking, that's more, weird. I was talking about more of the in-between stuff they do to try and get through it. Like, oh, oh, like the the sketch. Uh, sketch. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I can follow that. But no, that's that, not what I think of when I think of mystery science. No, I know, I know. I think of the jokes too. I mean, the I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do uh, how I met your mother one. Oh, we just did how because we mother. just did it. But there's always like the slutty pumpkin returns. I prefer the original slutty pumpkin one with the with him, the season one yeah. one because eh, the second one was okay it wasn't great but yeah because that was towards the time when i was just like Ugh, this sucks <laughs> i did not enjoy that <laughs> stuff Katie or, Holmes. yeah I mean, that, was, oh, that was a good casting but yeah i mean there's also one the first episode of doug is a halloween episode the first one yeah really he goes to a halloween party i don't remember that he dresses as a as doug. a nematode or as a new that's cool i remember yeah. the nematodes that they liked in that one we should have done, like, I Spit on Your Grave or Last House on the Left. Or some sort of, like, messed up horror movie. <laughs> I would have loved to do an old Hammer horror movie. Oh, I have um, the Satanic Rites of Dracula. Like, those ones are... I always loved the Hammer movies. Mm -hmm. Hammer movies were great. Because it's exploitation. It's British exploitation. Yep. I love any type of exploitation. I'm aware of that, yes. Like, I just... The idea of, of taking... That's why I love uh, Sleepy Hollow... Timber and Sleepy Hollow because mm -hmm. it is a Hammer film. Yeah, it definitely like because Hammer. Oh, I Hammer wish we films did that. Are, we could have. Hammer films are very gothic, which is like super cool. And obviously, Sleepy Hollow is a take on the gothic style, which is awesome. We could have done the um, uh, the Ichabod and Mr. Crane, the Disney oh. one of the Sleepy Hollow. That one's really cool. That one freaks me out. Like that, that one, one scared always... the crap out of me as a kid. Me too. So, how many bagels? Oh, man. If you would ask me, like, three hours ago before we watched this movie, it would have been probably, like, a ten, because there, there were some flaws. I think I'm leaning towards, like, a four. It's There's four left. It's just, there's there's some really good things. The, what's staying in there is um, Rudy. Uh, some of the makeup effects are really, really cool. Um... And, like, some of the things they do with, like, the Wolfman, like, exploding was a lot of fun. And the Frankenstein emotional stuff was good. But everything else, just as I was watching it, I was either bored or I was, n like, not invested. It just didn't do it for me. I don't know. Four. That's all, that's all I'm getting. I'm giving it five, and I'm giving... The remaining, I'm going to give those other eight all to Rudy. 
(laughs) Yeah, he he deserves them. He carries this movie. Like, I I think some of the problems I have with this movie, I do love it. I love watching it. But this is a movie that is so bad that it just brings me joy when I'm feeling, like, really shitty. (laughs) Um, I'm taking stuff out because, first off, the... uh, the, the two kids who are supposed to be our leads, Patrick and, and Sean. They suck. Patrick is the worst. Pat, Patrick is the worst. He because, nothing. Well, they try to make him cool by giving him sunglasses in the beginning. That's the most he gets to do, though, is the very beginning when he's talking with... Um... I, I feel like they realize that this kid couldn't act, and they're like, oh, let's just <laughs> we'll bring give in all Rudy. this stuff to Rudy. Fat Kid was awesome. Though. Fat Kid was great. Um... But I'm taking out a lot. The The whole Holocaust stuff really made me uncomfortable. And that's really hard to do considering I'm a Jew. Like, 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 I think that Holocaust would be very easy to make no, you uncomfortable then. No, no. Normally I, I can like handle stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. Life is Beautiful, Schindler's List. When I know that it's going to be in there, I'm fine. Okay. Um, Saving Private Ryan, stuff like that. But when it's like a kids movie, like it's like if we were watching like Wreck It Ralph, and then and then like all and, of a sudden like Fix It Felix had like a tattoo or something like that, or like Gene, <laughs> like you find out the reason why Gene's so mean to him is because he survived like the video game Holocaust, like right? Or the video game crash? <laughs> that would have been uh, yeah. anyway. Sorry. Yeah. So taking something barely dark to a other dark and place. like that made me so uncomfortable and i feel like that's why it, when when you made that joke it made me laugh so hard because it's just it just gave me something to like get past like it, it just seems so out of place it doesn't affect the story it's just mm, also it's in your face about it and it, it it's just there to be uncomfortable I also think. when someone's german you don't think of them as like that like if it was like scary polish guy or like right yeah or rude russian man like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i fought my fair share of monsters oh my god like, sorry that we're harping on that but it's just weird it's, it's well i mean when doug walker talked about it like he did his classic jesus <laughs> like because it i i definitely know that that was shane black and that wasn't fred decker Really? Does Shane Black have like a history of that type of stuff? No, but but he he has a history of well, in Nice Guys. I haven't seen Nice Guys. He mentions Hitler all the time, like he. Okay, I can see that then. Yeah. So, that it also most of the stuff that was dark in this movie felt like that it came from Shane Black. Oh, I can one hundred percent see that. And. The the other stuff I'm taking out the whole marriage stuff with the mom. Oh yeah, like yeah, that no was out left field. The token partner, mm-hmm. and then the Confederate hat on the kid. This like, is weird. Like, what are we supposed to think? Is this kid racist? Did did he believe in slavery? I, like, I think that was okay. This is gonna sound maybe inappropriate, but this was like pre, at least as far as I'm I can tell, when that type of stuff indicated a racism i maybe it still maybe it did but like growing up i didn't so when i was that young i did not associate confederate stuff with outright racism well yeah i I might be wrong i can make that excuse for the kid but you have to think the filmmakers yeah you have to well yeah but you have to think that like that character's dad gave him that and like well his character's dad was a dick so that makes sense just also, I couldn't stand Phoebe. 
Oh, she was terrible. She was a terrible actress. Yeah. Like, kid actors are traditionally terrible. The, the leads were fine, except for Patrick. Patrick, yeah. The But she was just bad. If that's the best actress you could get, just... Re- well, I pointed out to you several other child act- up. Uh, like several other child actresses who could have done better. Jenny Lewis, um, Soleil Moon Fry. Like even- they were all a little too old at that point, though. The girl was supposed to be five, and this was eighty-seven, and they oh, okay. were definitely they would have been the same age as, as the oh, leads. Oh, that's right. I keep thinking this is eighty-two. Even like, even like oh, okay. Drew Barrymore or something like that, because she was yeah. When, what year was E.T.? Eighty-five. Eighty. Three, 82. It was 82. 82. Damn, then just kidding, because she would have been super old, She would have been too old by then. Uh, oh, uh... I don't know actresses, but I don't know child actresses from Jody the Jodie Sweden 80s. from, uh, uh, Full House. Stephanie. Yeah, I know who that is. Was she, was she acting at that time? Oh, 87 was Full House. Mm-hmm. Or, is Full House 86? The Full House was 87, yeah. so she would have been, uh, five or six at that time. Yeah, that, I mean, she wasn't a good actress back then either, but... Better than Better. this girl. <laughs> Good enough. Yes. So, we're we're at the end of this. Mm-hmm. W- what are we doing next time? Next, I have we decided? I thought we did. Did we? Uh, I thought we were do- going back to Bayside. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, we're gonna. Well, next month is November, and November is uh, Scott's favorite holiday, the giving of thanks, um, aka. Um, America beating up the Native Americans, or I just like it for the cooking, man. I'm sure, all, I'm, yeah. in, I'm in. You don't for like the cultural turkey. appropriation, anyways. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to Thanksgiving World, and we are going to be visiting some of our favorite TV shows and movies dealing with that holiday. And we're going, like Scott said, back to Bayside, where we are going to be saved by the bell, and uh, we are going to watch someone, like I said culturally appropriate this stuff. this isn't the thanksgiving episode per se but it came out in november it's called running zach so okay it'll so, be an interesting one yes so until next time i'm scott curlin dwight stearns stay swifty bye we're gonna say bye 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 <laughs>